You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with uh, my good friend, John Beeler. We're broadcasting from our respective home studios. We've got a really cool program for you today. We uh, are going to have on uh, a guest we've had on before. She is an author. Uh, she was one of the authors behind digital the Digital Legacy Plan. Uh, she has written a new book called You and the Internet of Things, a practical guide to understanding and integrating the Internet of Things into your daily life. This is a fantastic book if you want uh, a primer on all the different types of technologies and and digital connections that we have in our life right now. If you are feeling frustrated or kind of out of the loop on some of the things, whether that's ride sharing or Netflix, any of that, we will cover that with her uh, during this uh, program. She makes it super easy to understand, and uh, it's it's a fantastic uh, series of segments that we're going to do. First up, though, I uh, want to cover some of the uh, news, John. I guess one of the big uh, announcements this week, uh, Apple, they uh, launched a new phone, which I think will do very well. You cannot beat uh, a less than a $1,000 iPhone for brand new technology. Um, and it sounds like it's pretty powerful. The iPhone SE is going to be about $600, uh, 4.7 inch display with touch ID. So it's basically an iPhone 10. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it's going to be very popular. Well, the uh, the specs are interesting. They say it's uh, modeled, uh, it's the same shape and size as like the, uh, the iPhone 8 and uh, iPhone 7. Uh, it does actually still have the, uh, the home button uh, on it, but they've packed inside it all of the uh, uh, the goodness of an iPhone 11. So you're going to get to the same processor inside, and it even has a, a great camera. It's just a single-lens uh, camera, but you're going to be able to do things like portrait mode, which a lot of people uh, love doing, uh, you know, having the, the blurred-out uh, background. Yes, yeah, for sure. But what do you what do you think, John? So it, I think it's uh, $399 US. I, in Canada here, uh, $599, but... I think this is going to be a big seller for Apple. I mean, all of these phones now seem to be, you know, between a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. This seems to be right in the sweet spot. Well, and I think that's the key point is the is the pricing too, because not everyone needs to have four lenses. Um, no, not ever enough. Not enough people care about that stuff, and that's certainly an option for you to, you know, pay more for, like like I like we did. <laughs> so, um, but you know. Definitely for someone that's looking to upgrade an older phone or um, uh, replace a broken phone, for example, this is a pretty pretty good uh, alternative to paying full price for one of those higher tiered phones that they have. So it's nice that they have this option, um, and I think it's going to be very popular. What I'm interested, though, in, too, uh, just looking at this launch, uh, I think it's going to be available um, April 24th, from my understanding. It, it seems like to actually launch something like this, it must mean the supply chain in China is getting back to normal for them. Yeah, you would think so. Uh, but although, you know, we've seen Apple in the past have supply issues too with, uh, they, they got caught by surprise by how popular something is or, you know, the implied cons- conspiracy theory that they're holding back inventory to uh, to make the hype machine happen. But I think in this case, I think you're right. I think uh, it's a good indication of the fact that uh, Foxconn and their other suppliers are able to keep up with demand, 
they've obviously been working on this for a while, uh, probably even before all of the virus stuff happened. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, how well it sells and how much they um, are, make available to people to actually, uh, get how, how easy it is to get. Well, launching uh, in about a week and a half uh, here in Canada, selling for $599. That's the 64 gigabyte uh, storage version and available in white, black, and red. This next story, John, <laughs> I... I love uh, I love this. We use Zoom all the time. Uh, we're actually using Zoom right now to uh, help record uh, this this radio show for the video podcast version. And every day uh, in our company, we have numerous Zoom meetings. There's a company now that uh, will actually add a uh, a llama or goat to your next Zoom meeting for under a hundred dollars. It's called Goat to Meeting. <laughs> which I thought was awesome. Uh, yeah, this is basically an animal sanctuary in California that has found a really clever way of uh, getting some financial income uh, during this time by making their animals available for your Zoom call um, or your corporate meeting on Skype. Whatever you want, they will help facilitate that and you can bring a llama or a goat or maybe even a chicken into your meeting. Is it sad that I'm actually thinking that this would be a good idea for some of our company Zoom calls? I think it would be an awesome idea. <laughs> or I could just get a video background of a goat. This is true. Or you could just put a camera on your dogs. Hey, that's a good uh, good point. Talking about uh, streaming now, a lot of us are uh, watching stream shows, whether that's uh, Netflix or Crave or Amazon Prime. Well, it looks like NBC Universal down in the U.S. is getting into the game as well. They are going to be launching their Peacock streaming service uh it'll be launching april 15th uh, to comcast and flex customers those are cable providers down in uh, the united states and they will be rolling it out uh, to cable customers well people that don't have that uh, that cable package uh, either so i think in the ten dollar range it's interesting because it's just really fragmenting how we watch tv now i mean before on on you know your regular cable package it was kind of all in one you could just kind of flip through the channels now depending on what show you want you'd have to subscribe to a different uh, streaming provider yeah i don't think people i mean this is the problem we talked about fine uh, all of these things people are having uh, monthly payment fatigue um, especially to watch a specific line of shows. So you're going to have to pick and choose your streaming provider based on the, the, the most content that's available that you're actually interested in on those providers. And um, it, it's tough too, because, you know, if every channel has their own streaming service, uh, why don't you just get cable? You know, like, <laughs> cable's looking good right now. <laughs> it, it is. And we've talked about this in the past and it's just, uh, until we see some bundling or at least it's interesting to see how they're rolling it out in the States where it's only on certain providers. Uh, so it's kind of like a, you know, uh, a VIP service or feature. And in some cases we've seen these services being bundled for free from some carriers and providers as well. So, um, but that's also something that, you know, is that enough to swing me to switch from, you know, uh, Shaw to Telus, you know, so I can get Crave for free. I don't know. Um, it's one of those things that you're going to have to make a decision for yourself. And if there's enough content on Peacock when it does eventually launch in Canada, um, if that's something you're willing to pay for, or is it going to be falling under the Crave brand or, you know, who knows how they're going to roll that out. 
Well, they'll be launching with 15,000 hours of current TV shows and uh, older titles and uh, a number of movies. Uh, again, no word on when that's coming to Canada, but definitely uh, we'll start fragmenting uh, how we get our shows. Don't forget to visit our website, uh, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got all sorts of great content up there, how-tos, uh, the latest uh, product overviews, and of course, our video and audio podcasts. We are giving away a really cool prize uh, right now. It's a Cobra dual cam dash cam system, one for the front, one for the back of your car. This thing is awesome. It'll record everything as you're uh, driving, so a, a great safety and security uh, little tech device uh, that uh, you should uh, have a look at. If you want to enter to win, just hit uh, our newsletter section, subscribe, and you are entered to win this and every other contest going forward. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking with uh, Vicki McLeod, the author of You and the Internet of Things. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler in our home studios. We've got a really interesting topic and guest coming up. Uh, there's so much happening with technology all the time. We're all connected via, via uh, different networks. Uh, of course, the internet kind of makes it all happen. So it's confusing. I, I get a lot of emails, uh, a lot of friends and family asking questions all the time, how everything works, uh, works together. And we have an author with us today. Uh, we've had her on before. Her name is Vicki McLeod. And uh, you might remember her from the book, The Digital Legacy Plan. Well, she has written a new book called You and the Internet of Things, a practical guide to understanding and integrating the Internet of Things into your daily life. It's basically a book that explains everything in normal language. Vicki, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mike. It's great to be here. Before we get into some of the the good, juicy topics here, what prompted you to write this book? I think there are really two reasons that I, I wanted to write the book. One is that I'm very committed to the idea that um, digital should be democratized. In other words, we should all have a level of digital literacy in order to just participate fully in the world. And I really noticed that there's a gap, like not all users are created equal. So all the technology is available, but we don't necessarily have the information or the knowledge that we need to be able to access it in a way that's sort of even. And the other part that really motivated me was my 80-year-old mom who read my last book and about halfway through the book, she peeked out over the cover of it and said, honey, what's a URL? And I realized that she was halfway through a book about digital legacy without really understanding one of the very basic things about the internet. And I felt that in order for her to participate fully in the things that she wants to enjoy in life, and she may not want to have a fully networked life, but for those parts she might want to engage in, that there needed to be some form of a guide available that would explain some basics, but would also help people to face what I think is the next big sort of evolution in technology, which is the Internet of Things, the smart technology that we're finding in just about every, every good or gadget that we're purchasing now. Well, I think now is a good as time as any for people to start understanding how the internet and all these digital devices work. I think a lot of us have some time on our hands. And there, I mean, this is an excellent uh, book. It literally covers everything, uh, you know, defining what the internet uh, is, security, privacy, the connected home, uh, things like smart gadgets uh, for yourself and the home connected home entertainment, uh, using technology for travel and leisure, smart shopping, health and fitness. It, it really does cover everything. Where, where do you start when you're explaining to people how this whole world works? Well, I think, you know, I kind of 
I started in a sense with where have we been? Like where where did we start with the internet? What first got us even interested as sort of humans and playing online? And I, in looking back and doing some research, I realized it was really, you know, gaming, really video consoles were, were the sort of start, at least of the idea of having an in-home uh, computer. You know, it was IBM that famously said there would never be a need for anyone to have a home computer back in the day. <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> but gaming obviously was, you know, and then I think it was the advent of uh, email. People wanted to then have access to email at home. And so we then started to adapt to computer use. And we found, of course, this wonderful, amazing world. The Internet came on the scene and we were able to access information. We were able to communicate across the planet. We were able to use it as a tool for planning. And then, of course, artificial intelligence and uh, virtual reality and those kinds of things that we're seeing now where we have an actually smart, connected, as I say, all the goods and gadgets are, you know, and I, what I, the point I kind of make in the book and I like to make is that even if you're not a user of a computer like my 80-year-old mother, she is a user of things. And her choices around things are becoming to the point where she really couldn't find a dumb toaster if she wanted one. You can't buy a dumb fridge really anymore. So you have to have at least some small level of understanding of how these things work. So I sort of started with the history, then moved into where are we now, and then where do I see us going, and then back into the fundamentals. What's a router? What's broadband? Well, it's interesting. I mean, even starting off just talking about uh, networks, there are so many different networks and and wireless technologies. It's confusing uh, for for many people. I know with my parents, they have a basic understanding, but they don't understand. You know, there's Wi-Fi, there's cell signals, there's Bluetooth. How, how would you break that down? Well, I, in the book, I, I just really tried to talk uh, about it as radio. But the most simple way to think of it is as radio, and that's something again that I think the particular audience for this book, which is not your techno geek savvy audience would understand radio and radio waves. They don't dispute that, that exists. <laughs> they don't see it as magic, which we tend to think that the, that technology is magic. I make that point in the book as well. They understand how that works. So if we think about Wi-Fi in a sense as a form of radio signal, which is essentially what it is, and these are there are other forms of radio signals like Bluetooth, like Zigbee, like the ones I go into the book and sort of name each one. I think the main point that I make in the book for people to understand in regard to the Internet of Things is to think in ecosystems rather than thinking about all the because if you look at all the individual devices they all have different properties and different technologies that they might be supported by but if you start to look at the ecosystems of things and i cover them top three kind of google apple and uh, amazon alexa uh, then if you get things that kind of work together in an ecosystem you're going to have a bit more success but even that for many people when my mom read the book she said oh i had never realized that those were separate ecosystems. But she can understand an ecosystem. Well, speaking of ecosystems, uh, Vicky, uh, you know, you mentioned kind of the three big ones uh, nowadays, uh, Amazon, Apple, and, and Google. I think there's a lot of concern about how these ecosystems are integrating into our lives, especially with the fact that they're always listening or practicing perhaps even always watching now. What are some privacy and security uh, tips that you talk about uh, to, to help people uh, make these things more comfortable in their homes? I think, you know, the very first uh, one is the main point that you're raising, I think, Mike, which is that people have to be aware how vulnerable they are by bringing these devices into their home. It's not fail safe yet. I think we will come, I think it's coming. I think the uh, industry is moving ahead and trying to address 
the very hackable nature of a lot of these devices. It, you know, it was really in conversation with John where I learned to some degree my own awareness was raised in terms of how vulnerable I was making my own ecosystem here by uh, introducing the Internet of Things into my, my private home. I highly recommend that people um, make sure that they uh, create their own passwords and make them strong. And there's a little uh, bit in the book about how to what, what makes for a good, strong password. The passwords that are given to us by the manufacturers are known. They're known by the manufacturers and there are also websites that people can go to and actually find a list of these passwords that so if you're not, if you're using the the native password that came with the device, you're already vulnerable. So use your own passwords and make them strong. Um, I went through as I was writing the book, I went through all of my passwords and changed nearly all of them, especially in the areas where I feel vulnerable, like around my um, bank accounts and my business accounts and those kinds of things because it is actually not science fiction to say that someone could hack into a light bulb in your home and actually uh, have access then to your your entire your entire system well that's a, a great point and john you know we had a conversation about this earlier this week just talking about you know these devices uh, that we have and we're always seeing stories that oh they were hacked for example the ring video doorbells you know yeah. big hack and then you know you made a really good point is it a hack or did you just use a really crappy password that was that they could easily guess or use the default password? No, I was just going to say, at least let's make it harder for them. We're talking with Vicki McLeod. She is the author of You and the Internet of Things. This is a great book that I recommend for anyone who wants to feel more comfortable with technology and all the different types of connected ways and devices uh, that uh, are in our lives now. When we come back from the break, we will be talking with Vicki Moore. We'll be covering things like uh, ride sharing, uh, TV streaming, uh, all of those uh, things and, and making it simple. Don't forget to enter our contest. Uh, we are giving away a cool Cobra dual dash cam system. This is a, a dash cam that has uh, two parts, one for the front and one for the back. So you'll be able to see everything and record everything uh, a must-have for any vehicle if you want to enter it's so simple you just visit our website getconnectedmedia.com if you subscribe to our newsletter and there's uh, really easy to follow links there you are entered to win and the beautiful thing is once you enter once you're entered to win in all of our contests going throughout the year we are giving away thousands of dollars in tech prizes you got to enter when we come back from the break more with vicky mcleod stay tuned we're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. We're talking with Vicki McLeod right now. She's written a book called You and the Internet of Things. Fantastic, simple to read and access book that just kind of explains everything out there simply. So it kind of gives you confidence when you're looking at different technologies, whether that's ride sharing or online banking or all these new connected devices that we're having in our home, even streaming televisions. Let's talk about Connected home entertainment, that's another chapter uh, in, in your book. And you actually cover some of the, the basics uh, of that as well. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, and I think right now, especially we're seeing people have come to really rely on their home entertainment systems at the present time uh, more than ever. And when I use the example of my 80-year-old mother, one of the things that she did recently was get Netflix, which she's been talking about for a long time because she wants to converse about what the latest shows are and you know what the pop culture is talking about but she herself hadn't signed up so she has done that now because she wants to be able to be entertained during this time um but i really just look at the main thing i think with home entertainment is to that i learned through again writing the book is to make sure that your system is robust enough to handle what it is you want it to do because we live in a time now where there are many different devices that the family members are using 
most homes now will have more than one flat screen TV. It's very rare to have be a single television home anymore, which is how I grew up. We didn't have a television when I was very young. And then we got one, we got one TV. We all watched it. We all watched Hockey Night in Canada with my dad, you know. Um, but now you have multi-screens happening. You have, uh, if you have, you know, young people in your home, they're probably gaming. So there's, they're streaming games. If you have people that have, everybody has their own individual phones. So if you don't have a system and infrastructure that's robust enough to support the kinds of entertainment that you want, you're going to be nothing but frustrated. You're going to be fighting over who gets to have the stream uh, at what time of day. And I think now more than ever, we're seeing that with people using so much of their device and being on their devices so much at home. We're seeing a lot of, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people contacting me asking, you know, how do I make my internet better? Because everyone in the house is trying to, you know, do a video call for school or for work, stream Netflix, play video games. And, you know, most of the time, this isn't a problem because everybody has their own lives and they're out and about. But now everyone's all home at the same time. And I have one friend that there's six people in their house and they're all trying to do the same thing with a very limited pipe of bandwidth. So um, being able to manage that and having that infrastructure that you mentioned, Vicky, uh, and sort of a plan in place for, you know, is there a specific time when you should be, you know, doing your school stuff and everybody else should just sort of lay off the streaming, for example. Well, and even something that I, again, this is part of the research for the book that I came to understand was even the notion of dual having a dual band router, for example, which we, terminology we're probably mostly all familiar with. And when you sign your agreement with your, your internet service provider, you're saying that you're getting, usually as part of your gateway, you're getting a dual band router. Um, but you can actually assign those bands to different, you can give those bands different names so that you can then assign your devices. So for example, when I set up my smart, my, my smart home, my, my system, I assigned, I, I called, we have McLeod and then we have Smart McLeod. And Smart McCloud is where I assign. So when I'm signing up to those devices, signing them to the internet, I assign them to Smart McCloud. So they're over there on that band, <laughs> you know, on that band of the dual band router. And then I have McCloud, which has the is the main band for the other thing. So it's just a way of sort of uh, tra- managing the traffic, being like a traffic cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, it was actually very simple to do. Again, one of those things where I called up the internet service provider and they walked me through the steps so that I could go in and, and look at my uh, my all this information about my router that I'd never knew before. <laughs> but I mean, it, that's an important thing. And I think a lot of people are intimidated uh, by it because they just don't fundamentally understand it. And I think that's a good thing about your book. If you even have like a, just even a basic knowledge, I think it gives you a bit of confidence to actually go in and and look at these settings. And you know, you made a good point, uh, John, especially now we're all home and we're all having these issues. Everyone's complaining because their their Zoom video call the video sucks or it's dropping out. The kids are complaining because you know they're they're online gaming. They're they're lagging all the time and that affects how well they're playing their online games. Netflix uh, the quality isn't good. It's because we're all using that that bandwidth in our home. And and Vicky, you made a great point. If you have the knowledge to know what kind of router you have and to be able to go into those settings to even just do the most basic of traffic management, it makes a huge difference. Yes, and the people will help you. That's the thing. You don't have to necessarily know how to do that yourself. You just have to be willing to call and ask the question or go use the chat. I find the chat bots are very sophisticated now. Um, and you do eventually get in, get a real service agent. Um, but they're very, very helpful, and they're willing to walk you through it. And I find it's helpful. And, and again, I, I attribute this to my mom. My mom's very curious and very open-minded, and she's very willing So to say, you know, 
hi, I'm 62 in my case. I'm trying to get, I, I understand there's two bands on my router. I would like to name them separately because I'm trying to set up my smart devices. And right away, they're like, of course. And they begin to discuss with you at the level to which you are able to understand. It's funny, just talking about these smart uh, appliances now. I'm happy with my dumb toaster. I'm a tech guy. Don't get me wrong. I just love technology. But sometimes it's almost too much. You know, I actually have a smart coffee maker. If I chose to do so, I could download the app and then connect with my coffee maker wirelessly and have it brew my favorite latte or, or coffee. But I'm just finding now it's just quicker to go to the, the damn coffee machine and just hit the button <laughs> to make make that yeah. uh, all all happen. We're talking with Vicki McLeod right now. She's written a, a great book that uh, I'm really into. It's called You and the Internet of Things. If you want to have more confidence about understanding technology, but just want it simply explained, this is definitely the book uh, to check out. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more with uh, Vicki McLeod about how to keep connected in this crazy digital world right now and things even as simple as uh, online banking you are back with get connected mike agarbo here we're uh, talking with our good friend vicky mcleod about her new book you and the internet of things i, I want to uh, move on uh, vicky to another chapter that i think is super important right now especially while we are all home and if we need to buy things we typically have to do it online you have a whole section on smart shopping what are some things that people should know right now I think, well, I think first of all, I mean, if you're not already shopping online, you should know that you can shop online and that it's actually, I think, pretty safe to do so. It's one of the areas where I feel that we're not as vulnerable because most of the retailers who are online have made sure that their pay mechanisms are safe and that they are encrypted. And so you can feel pretty confident, I think, going out online to shop right now. If you are using an Internet of Things system, if you have a system like Alexa, you can actually do your shopping very simply. Alexa will keep a shopping list for you. You can actually order your things directly to Amazon through your Alexa. So that's something that a lot of people, I think, are using more now just because we're at a time when we're needing to shop from home. Uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is sort of some of the changes in delivery that are occurring. So some people have now buildings that they live in where there are lockers downstairs that people can deliver uh, their goods directly to the lockers that are encoded. And that's great right now, especially when we are trying to be very conscious of potential for contagion, you know, uh, virus borne on paper, on parcels and that kind of thing. So to take advantage of any of those services that are available to you right now, especially if you're set up for it. Uh, but I think, um, I mean, I've, I've been, <laughs> been a fairly committed online shopper, <laughs> as my bank account will attest. Uh, anyway, but I do think this is a great time. If you haven't begun doing it, start doing it now. And especially for those people who are older, who are afraid of going out, uh, to be able to get your groceries online. You know, it's, it's taking a few a bit longer than it was taking uh, before we went into the, circ the circumstances we're in now. But you can get mostly mostly whatever you need delivered within three or four days. You know, again, I know a lot of old older folks, and I even look at my parents, and I think, you know, the thought of trying to order groceries online would just put them over the edge. Is there a way for them to, to get in simply, maybe just set up an account and, and order some simple things? Again, my whole thing is about making it easy um, and doing what you need to do. There's a lot of things we could do. I mean, it could be overwhelming if you think of all the things you could do. But to just 
start with what you need most. If groceries are your biggest need, then set up, start by setting up your account. If you need help setting up your account, many of the uh, grocers will actually help you do that. You can phone them and say, could you help me set up my online account? They will help you do it. Or get your, your favorite son-in-law or son or daughter. Uh, if you're that person, I partly wrote the book for that person that is in the position of having to support older family members, or perhaps they're helping younger people get onto uh, technology. Um, but, but get that account set up and then try it out. Try doing a few things that other things, especially right now, that are more essential to you. Moving on, uh, another chapter uh, in your book, uh, Vicki. And again, we're talking about the book you've uh, just recently written, You and the Internet of Things, A Practical Guide to Understanding and Integrating the Internet of Things into Your Daily Life, is uh, the whole idea of um, fitness and, and health. And I think right now, this is a big thing. A lot of people can't go to see their doctor and telemedicine is a big thing. And when I say telemedicine, it's video chatting with uh, a, a doctor and you cover that as well. This is, you know, I, again, I wasn't prescient when I wrote the book at all. I mean, I was trying to say, okay, here's what's coming and what I see happening. I had no idea the uptake of that importance that digital medicine would have. And, and now it's more important than ever because people are, especially when we're fearful that we might be ill. Uh, with something potentially life-threatening. So to be able to actually have a FaceTime with a medical professional who is going to quickly analyze your symptoms. Um, I just, as a test, when I was writing the book, decided to sign up for one of the telemedicine services here in British Columbia. And it was a seamless experience. It was as easy or easier than going to my regular family doctor. First of all, I did not have to travel. I did not have to get out of my sweatpants. I was able to discuss my, <laughs> which even then I was wearing them. Yeah. I was ahead in that trend as well. Um, <laughs> but, but just to see now how important it's become. Uh, we're also seeing, which I didn't write about in the book, but would love to another, in another iteration, the, you know, the uh, impact of robotics, how they're using robotics, particularly in Italy as bedside um, you know, bedside and analysis uh, with patients who are hospitalized. So there's so much happening there. And it started really, the interesting thing, again, when you look back at how these things started, consumers have actually driven digital medicine more so than medicine has driven it. Consumers, with things like Fitbits, with our fascination with knowing our heart rate, understanding our bodies, we started to adapt to the technology first. And then sort of med the medical industry sort of went, oh, wait a minute, this is something we can use too. And the, the, the sort of two things have come together in what we're now calling digital medicine. Uh, I think it's a really exciting frontier and it's one that I'm, I think we're going to see a much bigger uptake of as a result of being forced to use it that no, we might have seen had we not had this particular set of circumstances. I, I think it's an important topic in your book. You know, I, again, I keep using my parents <laughs> as the, the examples here. They're the ideal readers. It, I, hope, I hope you're going to get them a couple of copies. I, I, I certainly am. <laughs> this this will be perfect. My mom will love it. Uh, we got her a Fitbit uh, last year, and I was a little worried, to be honest, because, you know, the Fitbit, you're supposed to connect it with your smartphone, and, you know, it'll download all that information into yeah. the smartphone app, and you can see what's going on. And, you know, it, it actually worked out way better than I thought. She never goes into the app ever. I don't even think she knows where that app is on her phone. But because the Fitbit I got her has the readout right on the, the unit itself, she can at an instant, anytime during the day, just see how many calories she's burned. You know, probably the most important thing, how many steps and how far she's walked. Yeah. And that motivates her to actually get more exercise and walk more. You know, she sets these daily goals of how much she wants to walk. And because she can see that in an instant right on her wrist, it 
I, I think it's changed her life and I, I feel makes her healthier uh, as well. So, Absolutely. you know, you don't have to be scared with these devices. They can be as simple or as complex as you want. Yes, exactly. And I think it is that the, to find the things that we find engaging and exciting and useful. So for your mom, that's really useful. My mom, similarly, she had never measured her steps before. So when we were on a vacation together in Hawaii and I showed her how she could measure her steps on her smartphone and she's walking more because now she's looking to see how many steps did I get today before she didn't care. And, and finally, I, I want to talk about, you've got a whole section in your book on smart transportation. And I mean, there's a lot to cover there, obviously. I think the big thing uh, for a lot of folks uh, would happen to come into the whole ride hailing aspect using services like Uber and, and Lyft. And again, I think it's intimidating for a lot of uh, people because you know, they might not be as comfortable with their smartphone uh, and, and using the different apps and, and getting into the Uber app. But again, you actually talk about in, that in the book as well to help them understand. Right. And, and again, this is, again, it's just about being able to access what are the services that would be most useful. I mean, I think, and I think this is another area that's going to maybe change and evolve even more so. Lots of geographies don't yet have those services or are just now getting them and they're not being used a lot at the present time. Um, but again, we can go, we can have that app. It's super simple. It's seamless. You can, you can, you can book, pay, do the whole thing with a simple tap. Uh, for people, you know, people who don't drive, people who have mobility issues, there's so much happening right now in terms of what's available to you for transportation. Well, I, I'm excited about it because I, I want my parents to have the confidence to actually to be able to order an Uber. But again, it just comes down to the confidence level. You know, of course, you know, help them set up the whole account, attach it to their credit card and what have you. But once that's done, if they just try it a few times and get that confidence, it's it's life changing. You know, instead of having to take expensive taxis or wait for buses it's it's another option for transportation and gives them definitely a, a lot more freedom and plus it's not just an app on your smartphone you can tie these into the the digital voice assistants uh, as well like your google home or your amazon alexa device yeah. we're talking with vicky mcleod she is the author of a new book it is a must-have it, it literally covers everything about being connected and the internet it's called you and the internet of things a practical guide to understanding and integrating the internet of things into your daily life. I'm a tech guy myself. I don't know everything. You know, I have to read and, and continually keep up with stuff. So these types of guides are invaluable. And, you know, if you've got some people in your life that are maybe a little confused or a little apprehensive about some of the uh, the technologies that are happening right now, this is a fantastic gift. It's a must-have. Again, you and the Internet of Things, a practical guide to understanding and integrating the Internet of Things into your daily life. Vicki, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for your kind words about the book. Much appreciate it. When we're back from the break here on Get Connected, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected with Mike Agarbo. Just want to take the last uh, few minutes of the show to just remind everyone to keep connected. Uh, it's uh, tough times right now. Most of us are safe, uh, self-isolating. Uh, trapped in our homes and not all of us uh, you know have family members uh, or roommates that uh, we live with so I think it's important now more than ever that you do reach out to uh, friends and family that don't always uh, have as much contact uh, with you there's so many technology tools now and it, it's easier than you think just put a little effort in you know if you're in the apple world uh, facetime is fantastic there's skype uh, there's google duo uh, google hangouts there's facebook messenger 
it's it's pretty simple to get uh, you know a, a video chat uh, going, and it just makes a huge world of difference. You know, a few video chats uh, a week with uh, you know people that uh, are lonely and uh, even more isolated than many of us, it, it goes a long way. And you know what? If you're in that position, uh, you know that you don't fully understand technology, but you might have some. It, it's not that hard. Just just try it, and and don't hesitate to reach out to friends and family to to help you over the phone to get it up and uh, going. It's it's not as hard as uh, you might uh, imagine. Want to throw one more time to our uh, contest? We are giving away a cool Cobra Dual Cam uh, HD dash cam system. This is kind of neat. Uh, You can install it in your car. It's got a front cam and a back cam. It'll record everything to uh, memory so you can check it out later. Uh, You know, while you've been driving, it'll capture all that. And also you can set it up so that'll capture if anyone uh, tries to break into your car uh, as well. Again, it's a Cobra dual cam HD system. Go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com and go to the newsletter tab if you subscribe to our newsletter you're automatically entered to to win this contest and all the contests uh, going forward for this year I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together of course john uh, beeler graham williams christina aj Stephen, nigel and paul we'll see you again next time